Are you conscious of your addiction? Refuse to be defined by it? Not satisfied with living your life on the surface? Are you drawn to deeper meaning and purpose? And believe that it's possible to grow through your addiction to experience true freedom? Well, welcome home. Share the journey from addiction to freedom with your host, Michael Gregory. Well, welcome to another episode of Addiction to Freedom. This is Michael Gregory, your host, and I'm here with Paramvir from the United States. Actually, he's right in the thick of it, you know, with um, in DC there with everything that's been going on, but he tells me he's safe. So welcome to the podcast, Paramvir. Thank you for having me, Michael. Appreciate it. Yeah, no. So I'm really keen to get to know you a little more because uh, we've only just talked briefly. So I'm just wondering, reflecting on the themes of the podcast, you know, being both addiction and freedom. And, and I, I, I kind of sense that you have a journey that you've been on for some time where, you know, you know probably with addiction, you've got a, something to say there. And you've also, mm-hmm. you've also, I know from some of our communication that you also have, um, you know, moved into a pathway for freedom as well. So I'm really curious to start back at the beginning, you know, wherever you want to start and whatever you're comfortable with. So where, where did you start with this journey? So I graduated, I just turned 27. So I graduated high school back in 2011. After high school, it was, uh, I guess I, you could say I was kind of lost, right? I was just looking, kind of trying to find my way in the world, figure out what was going on. Like, I knew that I didn't fit in, but I didn't know exactly like why I didn't fit in or, or you know, the reasons behind it. So I, I guess I just was working pizza shop, like random jobs, um, Nordstrom Rack, retail, worked at a pizza shop for a little bit, and I'd smoke, I'd drink, and just not really knowing what I wanted, looking, I guess, trying to find my way. And then really where I would say my journey of self-growth began was probably about two years ago, beginning of 2019, I, I joined this program called Year Up. And uh, what that is, it's it's year, so Y-E-A-R, year up. And uh, you do six months of learning, development, and then you do six months of internship. So I was always interested in stocks. I didn't know what I wanted, but I was always learning. I've always been addicted to learning. I've had a lot of addictions, but I've been addicted to reading, Harry Potter, um, anything you you could think of. Like I like learning about self-growth, development, investing. Can I ask you just uh, a little bit more about that early part of your life? You know, would you say that you had addictions at that time, like that you're comfortable to share or, or not? Yeah. So like, you know, I would smoke weed. I would drink here and there. Anything that you felt you were kind of trapped into? I would say just myself escaping, always looking for an escape, not always really knowing what I was running from, but running somewhere, right? Like looking, just searching because the world is a big place and you know, you, you kind of have to explore it to, to learn about it. So you, you obviously had questions. Is that what you were escaping from? Were you, were you escaping or were you? So one of, the, one of the big things for me at like a young age was just like questioning what the purpose of life was. Like this was like back in high school. You know, there, there's a system that, that high school is built on, um, the world is built on. It's a sheep herd 
kind of thing, right? Like like the, the shepherd and the sheep, they teach you from kindergarten to follow line, you know, stand in line to do this, to do that, and to, to listen to what you're told to do. And I guess society, even family can tell you not to think like that because family has been trained by society to think a certain kind of way. So it's like when you think outside the norm, outside the box, it's like, well, why are you worried about what life is? Just get a job, have a start a family, so you know, have some kids, uh, get a wife. Like it, it's not complicated, right? I'm like, but like, what are we doing here? What are humans doing here? What are what are we all doing here? You know, it's we're just on Earth on this this small planet in a large universe with multiple universes. So it's just like, you know, th there's so much more to life than just the day to day, you know, nine to five work sleep schedule. And I guess I always just went against the norm and really fit in. And, and I guess shame, I was trying to find it? my place. Yeah. The shame that, that that is the definition of not fitting in. Mm. Because in other words, that you're actually asking really fundamental questions, which are very, I think, valid questions. And I share that experience. When, you know, I, I left school very similar, having those exact same questions like, what are we here for? What am I going to do? What's it all about? So I really, I really resonate with what you're saying. And it's just such a shame that, that that is not the norm, you know, that that seemed to be different. But um, I just wanted to share that with you. But, but I'm interested. Keep, keep telling what you were saying. Um, well, I, I guess at the beginning of the journey, it was like I saw the world as darkness. It was like, like I saw a lot of evil in the world and I couldn't figure it out. For me, it was like, why? So I had a shirt from Siena, the, the internship, uh, part of the program that I was at Europe. And on the back of the shirt, it said uh, T-E-A-M, team. And uh, it was together, everybody achieves more. Yeah. And my thinking is like, why can't the whole world see it the way that that statement says it, right? Like, like it's Russia against China, against US, against South Korea, against all these countries were all fighting each other, the Cold War, this war, that war, fighting for oil and, and resources and materials, right? And uh, it's for what? There's, there's an abundance. There's enough for everybody here. Why, why don't we try to survive as a species and think as a human race? And, and I, I can never understand that. So I guess, and societies, kind of sort of shun that sort of thinking. So, but yeah, no, now I'm back stronger than ever. The same ideas that I had back then are, are still running strong. So the addiction side of it, was that, you mentioned you're seeing the world as darkness and I'm guessing, and tell me if I'm wrong in reading what you're saying, I'm guessing that that's because when you looked at the adult world, you saw all this conflict that seemed unnecessary. So how did the how did your addictions what purpose did they serve or why were they, why do you think they came about back in that darker time for you I read uh, this thing on Instagram that I, that resonated a lot with me it was uh if you were born into a world that you don't fit into it's because you're here to help create a new one better one right so I guess my addictions at the time I don't know. A lot of that. So there's that argument of what it, what you're born with and then what is your environment, right? Um, your genes, what you get passed down from your parents. And I think some of my addiction had to do with what was passed down from my dad. He had passed away when I was younger, like like three years old. 
But from the stories that I heard, uh, he's probably a lot similar to me. Very kind heart, very big heart. He was an art teacher towards the end, but he, he also had a, a, a relationship with the bottle, right? So so I, I guess I, but I, I didn't really get to meet him. I didn't get to see that firsthand. But I, and I guess that's why, like, I sometimes think about that argument of, like, how much is passed down from, like, your blood to, like, how much is, like, what you see in your environment, how much of your addiction is is because you see it everywhere around you and how much is innate within you. So this is an interesting, interesting way to look at it. It is. So um, so you, you're, you're thinking that there might have been something passed on and then and you're saying also there was something from your environment? I think it just goes back to the fact that, like, the majority of society doesn't think in those terms. So just like always fitting in, like, I don't know, I guess coming here from a young age, I came here when I was like four or five years old from India. You know, uh, Punjabi is my first language. English is my second language. So learning English, making friends, you know, just remembering myself as a kid, I was always like, I was always happy. I was always laughing. Couldn't really catch me, not happy. And then it was just like, I guess, middle school, getting closer towards high school, where like I, I in middle school, like everybody was friends with each other, right? There was no uh, separation of cliques. There was none of that. It, it was like more unity, elementary, middle school. And then like leading into high school, it's like, all right, like the jocks hang out with the jocks, the, the people that are into plays and stuff, theater, they hang out with the people that are into theater. People start to separate. And then it's just like me who was just like, kind of like, I got along with everyone. And it was just like, uh, I'm just like, uh, which way, which way, right? And it's just like, uh, and then it was just like, uh, I guess started not to have like as many like close, close friends. Circles start to change a little bit, things like that. I guess, yeah, that eventually just led to that path of addiction. Yeah, right. And, and was that was that in a, in a way, you mentioned before an escape or was it also, was it that or, or was it try to explore different avenues of understanding or both? I think it was a little bit of everything. It was a little bit of uh, wanting to fit into the society, but knowing that I don't belong, you know, because it's like when everybody, it's, it's a consensus that everybody should fit into society, right? So like naturally as humans, like we kind of do what the herd does. And a part of me wanted to fit in with everyone else. But then like knowing that, no, there's more, there's more to life, there's more to life. And like, I guess just that internal conflict, that, that, that's really, I think that's, that's what it comes down to is internal conflict. That's, that's probably the root of like a lot of my addiction. So wanting to be part of the herd, but also recognizing that in, in a sense that you're recognizing that somehow you were different, mainly because you were looking for a, a deeper meaning and purpose in life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so did you did you hit a point where it was really painful? Yeah, I guess because, you know, so I'm like, I'm Punjabi, so like our culture is naturally, success is like, uh, it's kind of like, you know, parents and, and family, everybody kind of pushes you to be doctors and lawyers and engineers and, and that sort of thing. And uh, I'm the youngest, I'm the youngest. So, you know, a lot of that also has to do with everything, actually. There's so many variables that come into play. It's insane, right? Like it, if, if you could just write this down and like, like in a cookie cut statement, like, hey, this is why I am the way that I am, it would be easy, right? But it's, it's a very complicated web of things that make us who we are. 
So has it just been sort of like a, a slow simmer under the surface? You didn't have any kind of like existential crisis or anything? No, no. I wouldn't say that I had any any crisis. Just, I guess. Just a slow recognition that, you know, how am I going to do this when I know that I'm different in a good way? So it, a lot of that stemmed from like wanting to make a difference, to do more, to really have an impact in the world. But then if you want to make, all right, so there's power, right? Like if, if you want to make a difference, if you want to have an impact, there's there's seven, eight, eight million people on this earth. If you want to have an impact, power. There's there's four ways you can break down power, right? So one is is physical power. You know, you can equate that to military might, just military strength, right? Or even physical power. Another form of power is influence. The way that we speak, the way that we talk. If we can convince ten thousand people to follow us, that's that's power. Another form of power is knowledge. This is my favorite form of power. Because through knowledge, you, you get access to every other form of power that there is, right? If you, learn, if you learn how to get stronger, if you learn how to work out what muscles to work out, which will increase your strength, or, you know, how to get other people to follow you, how to win, how to win friends and influence people. So that kind of thing, it's knowledge. Knowledge will equate to all other forms of power. So it was, sorry, there was one more. It just, it kind of completely slipped my mind. One that I'm thinking of is, is in a sense, self-knowledge because you've got knowledge you mentioned knowledge which you know can be knowledge of things knowledge of strategies and how things work and things like that but you know all of that strength the external power having being able to convince people and and also knowledge of facts let's say collection of information all of that is presupposes or assumes me or you and as the one who is initiating that let's say but so self-knowledge knowledge of where it where all of that starts is a, is a you could say it's a form of power i think that's the core of core of it all actually i i 100 agree that's the journey that I've, I've probably been on for like the the last two years is realizing that the greatest enemy that I'll ever face in my life is myself, right? And that's the enemy that I'll have to face every day, forever, and right? Like, it's, it's, it doesn't stop. Yeah. So to tell me what, I mean, obviously, from a very young age, you were drawn to asking questions about mm-hmm. what are we here for, what is life about? And so that's, that's then continued. And you've recognized that as a, as a pathway. So how's that developed? Where have you been along that path? Yeah, I guess a lot of the journey of self-development starts with first self-forgiveness. One thing that I had to learn through addiction and just through life was not to be too hard on myself. It's level, it's level. It's like you have to be realistic, right? Because if you're not realistic, you're not going to be able to get out of whatever slump that you're in, right? But if if you're too hard on yourself, it's a double negative. You're going to beat yourself deeper into the hole, right? So it's like, it's a middle ground. I, I think that was that was one of the first things that I had to learn on the journey of self-development. Can you give me an example of a way that, that you were too hard on yourself? What kind of, was that a kind of a thinking? 
judging. I've always been a person that's been very observing. I'm smart. <laughs> like, uh, I, I see things for what they are, but then I, I sometimes do the wrong things anyway. And I think that's a lot of us. I, I don't think that I'm, I'm so special where I'm the only person that, that does that, right? We, we all, we all do wrong things and know they're wrong and, and do them anyway. So, and then, and then, and then because you knew, let's say that that wasn't a good idea and you did it anyway, mm-hmm. and then kind of judging yourself negatively for that as if, right, you know, right. That's an example. Yeah. Yeah. I get yeah. it. So, and then, so, exactly so basically, what you're saying is the first step is to give yourself a little bit more grace in the sense of a little bit more understanding that things happen that. Well, it, 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 it self promises. This is a big thing. This is a very big thing. The promises that we make to ourselves. When we break those promises, it really defeats our confidence, it, it defeats a lot of things. And it hurts. It hurts us. So really, why are we telling ourselves that we're going to do something when you know that there's a strong chance that you might not, right? And again, it's a double negative. You're going to defeat yourself. You're going to hurt yourself twice as much as you meant to when, when you do that. So I think just being more realistic with yourself, it's working your way up to that, always being forgiving, like in the back of your head, like knowing that you want more. You know, it's it's little goals. It's little goals. It, it it doesn't have to be the biggest thing in the world. And for me, it was reading. It was learning. Uh, to like my journey of self development is reading, uh, reading self growth books, um, like I will statements, right? Like focusing on things like spirituality, financial goals. Less so much of that, right? I really do think that financial goals are like the least important thing. Um, if you maintain like your happiness, what you want, your passion, if you follow your passion in life, the money will come no matter what it is that you're passionate about. I, I truly believe that that every person should should follow their passion. And again, what I was saying earlier, the fact that like addiction and passion are, are borderline terms, the same way that they say like insanity and genius are borderline terms. You could be a genius or you could be insane and it's so close. And being passionate about something and being addicted to something are so close that like, you know, it's, it's well, interesting. Let's, so. let's explore that a little. You know, let's explore that. I mean, in one way I can see what you're saying because when you're passionate about something, it's almost like you have to do it or you have to have it or whatever it is, right. you know. Like I'm right. passionate about surfing, you know, mm-hmm. and I – I really want to go every day. So I get what, what you're saying. And I'm passionate about, I'm actually passionate about what I'm doing here with this podcast. So, and that's similar to an addiction in a sense, like there is a similarity there because with an addiction, it's something that you feel like you kind of have to do or have to have. Is that, is that what you're seeing when you say that they're, they're borderline terms or similar? similar? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What about the other side? What What's different about a passion and an addiction? And an addiction? Too much of anything is, is a bad thing. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. Too much of anything, anything is a bad thing. It's just that I guess that level changes depending on what that thing is. So you have to test every, everything is like by like a situation by situation basis. But for the most part, too much of anything is a bad thing. So what you're saying in a way, uh, this is what I think you're saying, is that there's a point at which a passion can turn into an addiction when it's 
gets to be too much. And 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 then and the question is like what what is that tipping point? You know, at what point does it come become too much? Well, so like for example, like let's say you get addicted to making money and it's not necessarily a bad thing and that's great, right? But when you start you, you all your focus is into making money and it pulls you away from your family, your kids, right? Your friends, you you start trying to make money off of your friends and, and now you're ruining relationships that at the end of the day, like uh, my friend said this really great quote, you'll never see a U-Haul following a hearse, right? <laughs> Meaning that, you know, right? So you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. When when you're there on your, on your deathbed, right? It, it's about who's around you, not what's around you. So what we're saying is that at a certain point, a passion can become an addiction when it starts to have negative impacts on other important areas of your life. Exactly. exactly. Like your family or your relationships or perhaps getting in the way of spending time doing other things in your life that would create more of a balance for you. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a really good definition. It's a good part of a definition of, of, of addiction because, you know, there's nothing wrong with work. But when it becomes a workaholic, that's, that's when it starts to impact on family, friends and, and, and other healthy areas of your life. So, and there's all of these things like having sex is not a bad thing, but when it becomes like an addiction that you, that you just have to have it in a certain way that impacts and hurts people or yourself or stops you from having a deeper connection with someone, then, then that would become a, a sex addiction or a codependency addiction or the biggest, the, uh, for me, the, the root addiction, if we could just jump there for a minute, we can come back from, from there. But the root addiction, I think like there's all these different addictions. There's you know, physical addictions, like substance addictions. Then you've got, let's call them emotional addictions, like being a workaholic or codependency or pornography could you could say and then there's mental addictions like things like oh, I would say that um, you know if you become obsessed about looking a certain way that's because you have the concept that you need to define conform to this concept of how you look and then constantly obsessed about being that right right um, right like a mental right. addiction isn't it and and then you've got like I think Instagram, the old social media addiction Right, like now yeah. today's age. Yeah. So there's like physical, mental, emotional addictions, and then the root one I think is what I call identity addiction, which is where we're addicted to ourselves as being the center of the universe, the most important thing. Everything is centered around me, and that I have to defend and make this me look good. This is if I, you know if I get upset if I. If something gets broken that I believe is mine, you know, it's all about me, me, me. I think that addiction is probably the one to rule them all, you know. And in a sense, unpacking that then leads into a, a journey of self-development and even and spiritual growth. So does that make sense to you? Does that resonate no, with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. So on your journey to, you know, in terms of personal growth, would you say that there's been, I'm just, don't let me put words in your mouth, but would you say that there's been a loosening 
up of your own addiction to yourself? Because you, you did mention things like, you know, team, you know, it, together we all achieve more. You know, that's not centred about you in a sense only. It's centred around we, us, everybody. You know, that's a loosening up of, of that self-centeredness. That's a lessening of self-centeredness. That's a funny question. So I guess um, I know that I'm different. So then knowing that I'm different, I don't, I know there's people like me, but there's not a lot of society doesn't think in the same terms that I think, right? It's not like a majority. And like, I think maybe some of my self-centeredness comes from that thought, knowing that I don't really fit into the society that I'm different. I know that doesn't make me special. And I know that I think in terms of like everybody, but the fact that I think in terms of everybody makes me different from everybody else. So it's like, you know, I I think that's a little bit of where my self-centeredness comes from, which, and I think the word ego is, is very important. Started it like uh, trying to lose the ego, understanding what ego is. Yeah. I think that's important, an important process of self growth. How do you describe the ego then? Ego is really anything that connects you to like you. That's that's like a pretty loose description of ego, right? Uh-huh. But it's like when you can really start to think in outside of terms of yourself is when you begin to start to lose your ego. Like everything that really has anything to do with you. I don't know. Because there's so many things that tie us to being human. And, and I think that's all a part of ego, of the identity that we, we try to own. The, the identity that we all like, we all have this like, all right, our family, the society, our friends, they all think that I'm this kind of way. So we all naturally kind of try to fit in and, and sustain that, that identity in, in society. But that's all a part of ego. If we can unpack that a little more, because yeah, there's a few, there's, when we say we talk about me, you know, and my identity, and then we can also recognize, and I think you kind of hinted at it, you can also recognize that you can look at yourself and recognize myself, so to speak, as if me is different from the herd or wanting to fit in with the herd, you know, but there's always a viewer, an observer that is aware of that in a sense. I mean, even aware of our thoughts. So it's hard to say that that our it's even hard to say that that our thoughts are us. So in a sense, I think, and we talk also in you know a lot of times in personal growth, people talk about losing their ego as if somehow that's somehow has to stop existing. And I think um, I think the the problem is that is the confusion around who is viewing and the ego because obviously who is viewing is in a sense able to view the ego right, <laughs> or what right, call right. The ego. so it's almost like there's i mean i know this is not we, everything is one but it it does appear when you start to look at myself let's say that if i identify myself with the ego like the one who has the name, the body, the history, the culture, the likes and dislikes. If I call that me, if I call that me, then then I, who is the viewer, 
is becoming completely immersed in that identity, a bit like when you go to the movie and you forget you're sitting in the chair. You become immersed in the movie if you're part of the movie, but that's artificial. Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, being present in the moment. If, if you're 100% comfortable with who you are, always being who you are in, in every second and every breath, not thinking about the past, not thinking about the future. And I think there's a lot of power of, of, of being in the moment. So meditation, meditation, um, just breathing. Honestly, like I think meditation is just a word. Uh, it scares a lot of people. So, you know, it, it, it's good to just sometimes just take a deep breath. I guess feel feel the weight of your body as you're sitting, right? Like feel your breath, your chest expand and, and get back. So that, that's it. Just start with that. Just bring you back to reality. I think it ties back a lot to what, what, what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, in a sense, they're, they're kind of, it's kind of a doorway to slow down mm-hmm. and, and, and also slow down in your thinking because often, mm-hmm. often our thinking is happening so fast and we're so caught up in our stream of thoughts that we don't actually see that we are different from our thinking, that our, our existence is not dependent on our thinking. Our thoughts can be there or not there or this or that, but we are still the same, whatever we are. And I think what, you, what you're talking about there with Eckhart Tolle, the, what we are is that presence that is able to be aware, in fact, is awareness of all these things, including myself, <laughs> you know, which in a sense, if you really look at it, myself is in terms of if I try to describe it, is a collection of ideas, imaginations, memories, which are a kind of imagination with a special quality. And um, and if we look at that and we call that, give it a name, like pardon me or Michael, we give this collection, this construction, a name. And if we don't, if we go through our day not recognising that, that who is observing that is completely free of that, but that, in a sense, can change. Like what I like or dislike can change. My body can change. My body can get chopped off. Our, our taste buds change every seven years, right? Yeah. Well, so yes. it, <laughs> what all we like, stuff. what we dislike, it, it changes all the time. Um, I used to hate pickles. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> like I, I can't have a sandwich without pickles these days, you know. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. So if we kind of summarize and let's go back to the beginning, you we could say that you you recognize at an early age, I mean, obviously you you had this sense of difference mm-hmm. in, in and not only in you know coming from India to America at, at such a young age, you would have felt a difference, you know, a different right, culture right. for starters. And then you you went deeper and you had these questions of what is this about? And then it led into, you know, exploring different alternatives, I guess, some of those good and some of those not so good. And then you've started to develop more of a, I don't know, a, an inclination, a calling, a movement towards greater understanding of not only what life is but what you are. And that's what I'm seeing from this conversation anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly it. 
no, I, I came to a point where I realized that first, if I want to achieve my dream of like understanding life, civilization, society, you know, everything, it all starts with me first understanding myself. And it also goes to another statement, like, uh, before I forget exactly how it goes, but that the, the idea is, is that like, before you could save the world, you know, you have to save yourself. You know, before you can worry about the bigger picture, you have to worry about yourself first. So there's there's levels to this. When I hear that, you know what I, what immediately comes to my mind is mm-hmm. who is saving me or you? Like when mm-hmm. I say I have to save myself, which I totally agree with, by the way, mm-hmm. but who is saving me? What me is saving me? Is it the ego me saving me? Well, in a sense, the ego, the ego's not really the one who is aware. We are aware of the ego. We are aware of all the aspects that congregate, coalesce to be the ego. So the ego can't be saving me, you know, and it, so it's an interesting question that I, I like to think about that sometimes. Like, in a, well, it, it seems to me that I, I, at first glance, on the surface, it's like, yeah, the first place to look is me. And I, I, I think I would get away from the word save, and I, I think I would move more towards the word understand. I think I like that too, actually, because it's we're, I'm not somebody that needs to be saved. I never, I never was. It's just the more that I understand about myself, the the more strength it gives me. Uh, what you were saying earlier is like fully owning up to your identity. When you have an identity, like fully owning it all the way. So I think the first thing it's more important to understand who you are, why you are, address the things that you're okay with, and then address the things that you're not okay with, right? And then and start beginning to take action towards towards that as you see fit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, where do you where do you see this going for you? It, it's up and down road, you know. <laughs> it really is. It's it's a journey. Life's life's not about the destination; it's about the journey. I, I used to think about that, right? Like, what what's the purpose of life? The purpose of life is to find your purpose of life. And it's it's the beauty of the journey that that's everything. It's not, you know, there is no purpose of life. It's it's everything in between. So, and, and I'm just on that journey. Right? I'm just every day is is moving forward, learning more. I mean, I'm in cybersecurity. I'm just you know trying to figure out how I can align my values with my ambitions, holding true to who I am, like you know, with my perception of the world, and then also needing to fit in to achieve my goals that I need to achieve. You know, I'm just I guess finding that balance, that balance in the middle. Um, that that's yeah, that's where I'm at. It's a journey, so. <laughs> It's it, it 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 is a journey, isn't it? And I can see there that you've got a few different layers going on. Like there's your journey in the world, you know, mm-hmm. money, work, stuff, goals, you know, things like that. And then there's your journey internally, your understanding of yourself, the nature right, of your own right. existence, and how that the art, art of yeah, it's like, it just reminded me of uh, something, the art of war, uh, Sun Tzu. One of the things he had said was like, if if you don't know yourself and you don't know the enemy, you're going to lose 100 battles. If you know one yeah. or the other, you'll go 50-50. But 
But if you know yourself and you know the enemy, right, and you have empathy, right, and that knowing the enemy has a part to do with being empathetic and understanding their point of view, being able to put yourself in their shoes. But you know yourself and you know the enemy and, and you need need not fear 100 battles, right? So, Yeah, in fact, it ceases to be a battle mm. once yeah. that understanding because there's right. a recognition there's a recognition that what what is me mm-hmm. who is viewing is actually the same as you in a sense you know your awareness the very fact that you are aware and my awareness and the very fact that i am aware it's actually the same awareness i mean i know that sounds like a concept but but if you once you break it down and realize that nothing happens outside of our awareness, everything that we think happens outside of our awareness is an imagination. Like for example, let's say that let's say that there's a car accident outside, right? So immediately, I'm aware in my my programming, I immediately imagine a road out there and and a car accident and the sounds and everything correlate with that and I put all that together like software, put it all together and I have this geolocation, this spatio-temporal map of where I am at this building and, 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 and all of that I take to be reality but I'm forgetting, I'm actually forgetting or not even realising that all of that is occurring in imagination right now. And it only ever was. Everything outside of what I can see, right. what I can hear, is imaginary. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's less real, but that is, in fact, how it is real. Mm-hmm. We keep it alive in our imagination. I'm not we saying... It real. Right, right, right. Our perception is what makes it real. If we didn't perceive it for what it was, it would be something totally different. Right? Two people could look at the same thing and, and, and see it in a different kind of way. and their reality is only as much as they see. Well, well, that's right. Somebody could somebody could hear that accident and think mm-hmm. that it was the person next door watching an accident on TV in a movie. Right, right, right. And that right. put it. They would put those that phenomena together in a different, mm-hmm. to a, a different mm-hmm. imaginary form. But what I'm right. saying is that nobody has ever experienced anything outside of their awareness right other than dreaming i mean i guess that's within your awareness though Um, i think that's about like the closest thing you could say but it's still within your awareness right because it's your dream And, and your feelings and your thoughts who is aware of all these things right like and when we talk about tomorrow we're we're imagining tomorrow and when we talk about the past that's a kind of an imagination called memory. It's an imagination that we give a certain label to of certainty that it happened, right? And, 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 and I'm not suggesting that all of these things are fantasy, but the way that they present and are alive and, and that we are aware of them is always present and always by virtue of our own awareness. And it never has ever been any different. So my awareness, and let's say your awareness, mm, right. 
when you really start to focus on the awareness rather than the content, the very fact, the facility of awareness, everything, the whole world, (laughs) the whole world is alive to me in my awareness. Right. And, and, And the thing is that you're, you're, you have that facility as well, and that's exactly the same awareness, just shining through a different facet, sh- shining through a different, you know. Like I, I, ima- right. I imagine that you have awareness because you, but I'm only aware of that through the virtue of awareness, which is we are all within. Right. Right. In a sense, and that doesn't have an um, identity. Doesn't have an identity. Have you have you heard of the Sikh religion at all? Sikh, Sikh. I've heard Sikh. Of it. It's pronounced Sikh. Yep. I've heard of it, but I, I I don't really understand much. You could I'm welcome to tell me. Um, no, it was just uh, one thing. It was called Ekumkar, Ekumkar. You know, one God. A lot of the stuff that we believe in is is oneness. That God is within all of us. I'm I'm not super religious, but I, I think that every religion has a little bit of truth. Every religion has a little bit of truth, and they, they each religion tells a story. That if you can, if you can take yourself outside of like believing everything that you know they're they're trying to convince you of, they're not all wrong. No one is all wrong. Every, every literally every religion has has truth within it. Well, but, yeah, well in it, a sense, or, or in a sense of anything, any teaching that someone's trying to convince us of mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. a set of concepts, right? Right, but, and, and what they're trying to do with those concepts, with that communication, is to point us to an experience of oneness, mm-hmm. and then that experience is actually obviously beyond concepts because awareness is aware of concepts. So awareness is primary. Awareness is already present, and so yeah. So I, I agree with you in the sense that almost every religion that I've had a look at has this 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 understanding of oneness and is pointing to that experiential reality. I think um, at some point stepping away from the concepts or at least understanding the concepts till it becomes an innate experience is kind of the goal. And I think at that point, that's when I don't think the ego necessarily disappears, but it be, kind of becomes, it doesn't, it's not the driver of the bus anymore. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. Because, you know, the driver of the bus is the one who is aware. Mm. And, and, if, and even funny. you one uh, very loosely. There was a moment that I had had, I think it was about a year and three, four months ago, 2019, late 2019. It was a song that I was listening to. I had gotten into a fight with my now ex-girlfriend. We we had gotten into a fight and uh, I was listening to a song on repeat and I, I was feeling nothing but like really good vibes. And I listened to that song as I was falling asleep, almost like in a meditative state. I don't know if you know about like the, the, the brain, uh, the different uh, levels that we're at, like Delta, Sigma, um, Alpha, um, Beta, like uh, when you're going into sleep and when you're um, first waking up from sleep, your, your, your brain is most programmable, um, most susceptible to be like kind of programmed. So I, I, I think that's what that was. I don't know exactly, 
But I, I was listening to that song for hours before I fell asleep. And when I woke up, it was it was like the most powerful thing. Like I had the most I had such a clear like to be in a battle like that, right? The night before and like to be going through whatever I was going through emotionally, mentally, um, and then to wake up the next day with just like full clarity. And it lasted about two days. I I wouldn't forget it, right? It lasted like like full clarity. Like I just knew everything that I needed to do. And it, it was like there was no question of like why. It was no emotions really behind it. It was like I, I know like it just was. I don't know. It was really hard to explain. It's really hard to explain. Um and and then I think like society kind of just like pulled me back after a few days, like back to like you know, the, the ego this is right back where it was, but I, I wouldn't forget that. I wouldn't forget that. Um, that's, that's kind of what I strive for trying to understand how that worked out, how my brain worked. Like, I don't know what I was processing, like overnight, you know, to be able to wake up with full clarity like that. So it's interesting to me how the brain works. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, uh, it just shows your example there shows how your experience can change based on on, on your perception mm-hmm. in a sense because you were fully immersed in the the interaction with your girlfriend or your ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. you're fully immersed mm-hmm. in that like you're in a movie but you weren't a, you're you know like when you're in a movie and you don't you're not aware that you're sitting in the seats right you forget right. that you're even in the building you're in the movie right 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 you forget that you're you're sitting there you forget yourself so, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and that's what happens in certain, you know, a lot of our experience, particularly strong emotional experiences, our perception of our existence becomes immersed into the phenomena. And then you, you, you know, you went, went to sleep, listened to that music and it somehow kind of got you, your we kind of reprogrammed my brain a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of pulled it apart a bit so that your sense of self, who you were, was no longer whirling around in turmoil, right? Like because you, it's like it's like you've you, you realized, oh, I'm not I, the me, who is aware, right. is actually not is more than this circumstance. Mm-hmm. I can see other things outside of this particular phenomena, you know, right. like right. vortex or something. Right. You know, right. Right. Other things now. It's not only this thing that I'm immersed in. It's like in the movie, you wake up and you realize, oh, actually, there's an exit there. I could, I could walk out there. Right. I've still got a drink. I could have a drink of that. You know, there's all these other alternatives yeah. when you right. widen out. You know. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, so I, I look. I think. Uh, I mean, you said you're 27. So, you know, you're, you know, in a sense, you know, for for someone your age, you know fully asking that all of these questions and you know you're really you're really in um on your own journey a journey of waking up you know and uh i think that's uh, it's very inspiring and encouraging and i i you know really i really just want to um say that i it's been it's privileged to meet you and um and i'm sure that yeah this is you, you're not there's nothing you, you won't be able to stop this this is going to keep going yeah Oh yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Although I will say I won't one be able to stop it. Yeah. It's 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 within me. Like, you know, the idea of growth, um, just to get better and to learn more. 
yeah. about me, the world. It's just yeah. I can't stop it, even if I wanted to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, although I, I I can say from my own experience, starting in that same way, that you can get it's like a river where you get caught in a current, and a certain current in life that carries on for twenty years. Even though you're still the person who's interested in all this stuff, but there's so much that has to be taken care of in the world, let's say, that the actual amount of time that you spend investigating and, and, and you, know, you know, can be lessened. And uh, I really, you know, it, but obviously, you know, all of it's part of the big river, let's say. Right, right, <laughs> right. Get, you know, caught in. But, um, but I think you know making a strong determination to to dedicate your your energy and time to this investigation would would mm-hmm. be helpful. If we don't, we can become like a cork that bobs along on other people's. Mm-hmm. We get sucked into other people's currents, other people's agendas, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maybe that's not necessarily serving this core purpose that's within us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess one thing, one thing I could say, just a word of advice, I guess, to any listeners is that the first thing I said is first learning how to forgive yourself. That's like the first step is, is I think in, in being fully content with where you are in life, I have a lot of goals that I want to accomplish and I'm nowhere near a lot of them and I'm fully okay with that. I'm fully okay. I'm I'm happy with my family, my friends, the people around me. And I think that's important. Even though I, I aim for more and I strive for that, just being really okay. Like battling addiction is not easy. It's consuming. But the first step is just forgiveness and recognizing, recognizing whatever it is that you're you're battling. Um and the internal yeah. battle. Right, it, it, yeah. it all ties in with everything we talked about—the internal battle that that we're all battling. And I think something that's really, really, really important is addressing our whys. If anybody wants to make a change, uh, do something different, your why is—it's—it's it's not about how you do something; it's about why. You, you'll figure oh, yeah. out the way how. If, you'll figure out how if if you know why. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really powerful. Just it's yeah. it's all conversations that we all have with ourselves. That's yeah. that's most important. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a really, really, very valuable, valuable things to remember and and, and pursue. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm kind of aware of the time, and and I don't feel like it, we should bring it to a close. And uh, and I really appreciate your time, and it's been really great to meet you. And I'm kind of curious to yeah. see how things go with you. In the future, yeah. so uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe we'll have this conversation again. Yeah, well, hope so, hope so, hopefully. Yeah, well, right all right. Well, okay. Well, thanks so much. Um, just uh, stay there while mm-hmm. I uh, and while I uh, I just um, bring things to a close here. All sure. right. Uh, see all you right. later. All right, Michael.